the episode you are about to hear was created prior to our rebranding to Foul Play. If you have any information on any of our cases, you can visit us at itsfoulplay.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Out of the Shadows. Today, Gemma and I are joined with George Brown. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because George is actually the man who found Sister Kathy. All right, George, the Arbutus Times said that you and your, I believe it was your stepson at the time, lived on Plastic Court in Middle River when you found Kathy. Is that accurate? No. Where were you living at the time? I was living on Monumental Road in Lansdowne. And how long were you there? I was there about two years. Are you a Baltimore native? Yes, I am. Okay, so you've been there for for a while in the area. Where else have you lived in in Baltimore? I've lived in Hamden, Remington, South Baltimore. When we spoke last, you mentioned that you, you had an interesting employment history. Can you remind me of that? I used to put burial vaults in the ground, if I'm not mistaken, at that time. Where was that at? Uh, uh, let's see, Maryland uh, Variable Company. So what did that what did that consist of? We put vaults in the ground for our funerals. Okay, so that's the vault that people put the caskets in. Okay, so did you do that for all around Baltimore? Yes, all over, wow. pretty much all over the state. Wow. George, um, by the way, thank you so much for doing this for us. I do have a question. The as Shane said, the Arbutus Times had your address inaccurate. Did you ever live on Plastic Court in Middle River, or how did that happen? Yes, I, at, one, at one time, yes. I lived there with my aunt. Okay. After, my, so, second, after my second wife and I uh, separated. Okay, but you weren't living there at the time that you found Sister Kathy? No. Okay. No. Now, I know there's Monumental Road, Monumental Avenue, um, which part of Monumental do you, did you live on? Were you on the Hollins Ferry side or Holland, the Hollins, Hollins Ferry side road where the old um, uh, Carlin's Brewery used to be? Okay, so you would have been on the opposite side of the railroad tracks, correct? Living over yes. there because people get that confused. You know what I'm saying? The Washington Boulevard yeah, well, side yeah. is Route One. And that's actually the side where she was found, correct? Correct. Okay. We understand that you guys were hunting. 
what would yes. have um, caused you to be hunting in that area? I've looked at pictures, and it doesn't look like there's that much wooded area to be hunting in. Squirrels and rabbits. Okay. You're going to tell me that you would eat squirrels and rabbits? <laughs> oh, yes. No, you don't tell me that. that. That's good eating. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, your son, your stepson, how old was he at the time? That's seven years old. Okay. So that means you were what, in your 20s? Yes. Uh, it was late 20s. And so was that a normal thing for you guys to be hunting over there on a, I guess it was yes. on a Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere yeah, it'd be on a Saturday because I would have been off. And you can't hunt in, you cannot hunt in, on Sundays in Maryland. You can't hunt. Oh, really? Is that still the is that that's still the case? Yes. If you do, you're you got to have a special permit, and it's only allowed in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Like your government will bring you in to go into on their property because of uh, maybe deer or something is overpopulating the area. Do you remember where at in Lansdowne you were hunting that day? It was right there, not far from where I was living at. It'd take you about figure about five minutes from my house to where where uh, we were found her. You had hunted in that area before then. Oh yeah. Was that private property at the time? Where she was found, I would say it was probably state property. And it used to be a dump. Is that right? Yes. You had maybe two houses that were in that area around yeah. where she was at. I've read before that there was a brick factory somewhere around there. Do you remember that at all? I know you said you lived in the area as well. It, it, it was not It was not a brick factory. It was a distillery. It was called Majestic Distillery. Okay, so the distillery was there, but there was no brick factory. No. Okay. George, I, I have the next question. Back in the day, uh, when you were living on Monumental, do you remember if it was possible to cross the railroad tracks there? Like if kids were playing on the side that you lived on, would they be able to go across the railroad tracks to the other side? Oh, yeah. So there was no barrier? No. All you okay. had was uh, woods to go up through. Okay, so if you crossed the railroad tracks, that would put you very close to the distillery, correct? Yes. Okay. You also had uh, ceiling mattress up in that area also. Okay. Is that building still there? Do you know? Which building? The ceiling mattress building. Yes, it's still there. And the distributor yard, the uh, Majestic Distillery is still there. Yeah, I've seen that old building. It's kind of creepy looking, isn't it? <laughs> well, that was in production. It wasn't uh, vacated. That was a production plant. Right. I think... Um, I spoke to somebody over there, and they said they're making pickles now. So I guess there's still something going on there. The office was open. I wanted to ask you, do you recall the Schmidt business, the trucking business on Holland's Ferry? Yeah, it was on uh, over where I, not far from where I lived at. Right. And what do you remember about it? Did you know the guys that owned the company? No, no. I think it had like a blue, it's a real remarkable building because it has a very blue roof. You can actually see it in aerial pictures. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't remember, but I don't remember the name of the company. 
Yeah. Did you know the Schmidt family that lived up Monumental on uh, Lincoln and Monumental on the corner there? No. What corner are you talking about? Um, if you go up Monumental from like the distillery towards Route One, and no, I didn't. I didn't know anybody up on that side. They're off of War, uh, Washington Boulevard, Route One, whichever one you want to say. Right. Okay. George, would you mind walking me through, as best as you can remember, the timeline of everything that happened that day that you found Kathy? Yeah, I do the best I can. Me and my stepson, we had our German Shepherd dog with us. We had come out of the woods right there where Monumental Road was, or Avenue, whichever one you want to call it, where the distillery is, where we found her. And I had stopped to relieve Mother Nature. My stepson come up to me as I was walking down. He said, hey, Pop, there's a big old doll down there. And I walked down, and I looked at it, did not look like no doll, and I went down a little closer, and it was the body. The only way you could tell if it was male or female is if you looked real close and you could see where her breasts were, so it should have been. There was a, a African-American family that lived in a house, say, 50 yards from where it was at. And I went over and asked if they had a phone. And they said, yeah. I said, may I use it to call the police? And they said, yeah. I called the uh, police department. They sent one car over. And then I showed the cop where the uh, body was. He made a phone call on his radio. And the next thing I know, it's just like you opened up the sky and the cops come flying out. And I was reading your story. And they said they had turned around and came back. Nobody went down to where the distributor was, uh, company was and turned around. They all pulled, just pulled straight in. She was laying on the left-hand side of the road. There was barely enough room to get uh, two vehicles down that road. Do you remember when the police came, what type of questions they were asking you by chance? They asked me, well, basically they asked me how I happened to be in the area. Because I had a shotgun with me. I had my hunting license on my back and a hunting jacket. And it was a 12-gauge uh, shotgun. And they, uh, I was able to get a hold of my uh, mother and her husband. And they came and got the dog and uh, my stepson. And took, let them go home. Then they took me to Western District Baltimore County Police Station. Up on... Um, Wilkins Avenue, and that's where they questioned me. But what questions they asked other than what I just said, that I don't remember. Got to remember, I'm uh, 75 now. Besides the police that arrived, do you remember anyone else coming to the scene? Funeral director from Hubbard's, Hubbard's Funeral Home on Wilkins Avenue came. They took a hammer and chisel to get her off the ground because she had been frozen to the ground. And you were there to, to watch all that happen? Yes. Yes, I was. So did they already take her away before the police brought you to the station? Yes. Okay. Do you remember about how long they questioned you? I think I was there maybe about two hours. Okay. And then, of course, they let you go, I, I take it? Yes. Now, before you had come across 
Sister Kathy, did you remember hearing in the new news about her going missing at all? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, so because after she came missing from up on uh, Charles Street in the city. At what point did you realize that this was her? I had no idea until they said it. Did they say it when the, the police news. arrived? Oh, when the news? No, in the news is how I found out who it was. Okay. Do you remember ever hearing uh, how they believe that she was killed? No. Okay. So you 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 still probably don't know then. No. I'll tell you. I'll say this. If you was to, uh, if I was a medical examiner, I think I would have been sick because there was no way you could, other than her breast mounds, there was no way you could tell it was a female. The only, uh, if you're looking at her. The animals or something had gotten to her genital area. We, we knew that just from reading the autopsy report. But when you were looking at her, was there anything that you could tell that could have been uh, uh, how she was killed? No. Okay. So that wasn't obvious when you saw her then? No. Okay. So after they had released you and you went home, have you ever been questioned about that day at all since then? No. No. When was the next time you'd ever hear about Sister Kathy? In the news, not long after that. And then when I, you, know, you put that Netflix show. Oh, so the Keepers. You realized that that yeah. was the lady that yep. you found. Did yeah. you watch the Keepers? I watched some of it. I'm not too much of a person on that kind of stuff. Sure. But I, like I say, I watched some of it. Do you remember which parts you watched? When they uh, was talking about the uh, priest and all that kind of stuff, did and you about her being about her being found? Did you recognize the priest by any chance? No, no. Uh, so you had never heard of Father Maskell? No, I'm not a Catholic, and I I like their way they conduct their services, but I'm not. I, I don't I don't like the some of their restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So it's funny you say that because I'm not Catholic. So this whole thing has been a huge learning experience because as I'm sure you know, they have uh, very strong rituals and things like that. Just by yes. chance, you said you're not Catholic. So you weren't raised Catholic? No. Got it. Okay. My sister, Mary, I had friends that were Catholic. And my, my sister ended up uh, with one of my best friends as a husband. And he was a Catholic. Hmm. George, you mentioned that you remember Sister Kathy disappearing from Charles Street. Do you mean that um, she wasn't actually living on Charles Street? She was over at the Carriage House Apartments. But I'm assuming you meant that the school sisters of Notre Dame, their their uh, convent was on Charles Street. Is that what you meant? Yes, ma'am. Because okay. that's where she came up. That's where she came up missing from. Well, she actually was missing from, do you know where the carriage house apartments are on uh, North Bend Road by Rockland Middle School? I know where you're talking about, yeah. Right, that's where she lived. She had left the high school. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah but she, according to the news back then, she had been visiting or something up on Charles Street, and that's where she had, they said she had originally came from missing. Oh, okay. Well, she was in Edmondson Village Shopping Center. 
So, and it was on, she had come back to her apartment. So I'll go back and check and see where the Charles Street information came from. But it's like the newspaper said you lived on Plastic Court. And now we understand that you wouldn't have driven all the way across the city. That's in Middle River, correct? Yes, off of Martin Boulevard. Okay. Now, is that near the marina? Which marina are you talking about? Is there, there's a bunch of marinas in Middle River, correct? Yes, on off of Eastern Avenue, on Old Eastern Avenue. Okay. I have a question about the day that you and your uh, stepson found Sister Kathy. You said that he said there's a big doll there. Um, was that, er that area was not wooded at the time, correct? Where she was found? It was an open it was, landfill? That was an open, yes. Okay. But and it also had... It also had woods around it. Okay. And that area now is wooded, right? I imagine it is. It's been a while since I've been over there. Okay. Can you describe anything else about the crime scene that you remember? I'm sure it was not a pleasant scene, but was there anything else that you can think of that you saw on the ground or clothing or shoes, purse, anything that you remember? Yeah, okay. she was fully clothed. She was fully clothed when I seen her. Okay. Do you remember a raincoat, a blue raincoat? Mm, off the top of my head, no. No. Okay. You're saying that it was impossible to tell if it was a male or a female. Right, unless you got real close to the body and took a good look. Okay. The only way I knew it was a the only way I knew it was a female. She was clothed up top, but you could it was definite in that area that you could tell it was a female. Mm -hmm. Did you ever wonder why the police never questioned you again after all this mm -hmm. time? That I have no idea. You know, okay. it just it's odd that they wouldn't have if they opened it back up. Right. You know, Baltimore County had my right. My Baltimore County had my name, and they had the address that I was living at when I found her. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they could have found me if they wanted to look and check records and stuff like that. Right. Now, have you, would your stepson, do you think he would talk to us? Do you think he remembers much from that? I don't think he, I don't think he'll remember. I don't have no idea of uh, how to get a hold of him. His mother and I uh, separated and they divorced. Okay. And we divorced. That's like I haven't seen my daughter since she was seven years old because I don't have social security cards back then. They didn't issue that when their child was first born in seventy one. Mm hmm So do you have do you, you um still live in the Baltimore area? I live you know, five minutes out of Annapolis. Oh, okay. I'm Shane, in Anne Arundel County. George, do you remember after you found Kathy, you had told us or you told me before that you went to a house to call the police. Do you remember what house you went to and how that conversation happened? It was right on the, right next to the dump. It wasn't that far from the dump where I found her. It was maybe, like I said, maybe 50 yards, maybe less. So after you yeah, found Kathy, go ahead. After I found her, I went to the house and asked her if I could use use a phone if she had one. And she said she had one, she let me use it. That's when I called the cops. Remember the names of any of the officers that you spoke to, or did you write anything down? No. Do you, does the name, Jane, 
Does James Scannell ring a bell? No, because I never knew, knew any of the names of, of the police that was there. And when you went to the station, do you remember how many officers questioned you, or were and were they were they detectives or police officers? They might have been de detectives. As you know, it's been a while, a long while. You're talking uh, forty, almost say forty-nine or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be fifty years next in uh, November. There you go. Yeah. How I'm did 75, you? So. Yeah. How did you feel about being there at the station and being questioned? What, what was that? What was that like? I was nervous. Yeah, I imagine anybody would be nervous being questioned for something you find like that. Right. George, the work that Gemma and I are doing now, of course, we're trying to uh, piece the timeline together, of course, to try to figure out what could have happened to Kathy. Is there anything about that day that you recall that could be important to our own investigation? No, not really. It was like in the afternoon is basically what it was. Yeah, that was my question. What time was it when you found her? It was about, I'd say maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. That must have been very upsetting for a 7-year-old boy to have to witness a, a dead body. Yes. Yeah. I, sure kept him, I, had to keep, I had to keep him away from that area. Sure. How close were you able to get yourself? I got pretty real close to it. I mean, I got down to where I was next to the body to look at it to see and make sure it was a doll, wasn't a doll or a body. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd never seen a doll that big. Right. I understand. Do you recall another young woman being killed um, shortly after Sister Kathy disappeared by the name of Malecki? No, I, I might have seen something, but I never read the story. Right. And do you recall living over there on Monumental? Anything about people that would hang around that area? Or um, I know the distillery was sort of on a dead end. Do you remember anybody like being around there or the police having to be over there frequently because of, you know, young people hanging out? No. Do you have any questions for us, George? No. I just, In a way, I think I would like to know what's going on with her case. You know, I know it's cold. From what, you know, I've seen on news, uh, what, about almost a year ago, where they were talking about the uh, stuff, the abuse and all that that was going on uh, with um, that school up on Caton Avenue. Right. Uh, with the, I can't remember the name now. It's been like it's been a while. Archbishop Keogh. Yes. Right. Well, I was a student there. She was my teacher. Oh, she was. Sister Kathy was my teacher. And she's the okay. reason I, yeah, she's the reason I became a teacher. So, oh, okay. yeah, when we started looking into um, what happened to her, we kind of got the feeling that so much time had gone by. We realized that th there may be a cover up on the part of some institutions and we've just been really digging for information. And when um, Shane came across your uh, phone number, we thought that you would be a good resource to help us and to give us some uh, background and tighten up the timeline a little bit for us. So we do appreciate that. 
There's no problem. Yeah. I mean, she she was a human being, and she deserves some. Her family does. If uh, I don't know how many would be still alive, but they do deserve some kind of closure on what happened to her. Right. Life. Well, her family feels the same way right now. The police, Baltimore County Police, are still working the case, and we're still. I'm I'm a bug in their ear because I pester them constantly. I send information to them if I hear something. I'm wondering if they were interested in talking to you, just like we are, would you be willing to talk to them again? Yeah, I'll talk to them. Okay. We can make sure they have your contact information, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Okay. I ain't got nothing to hide from them. <laughs> right. Is there anything at all that you would like to say to the people that are listening? All I can say is I hope they find out who, what it was and who it was, and they get them. You know, from what I've read on the reports or heard on the reports, that it's a was a possibility that she was killed or kidnapped or whichever way you want to go with it because of students telling her what was going on. Yes, that's correct. That's exactly so, correct, and that's what we believe. <laughs> So, you know, from what's going on, from what, what I hear and read and he, listen to, when I listen to the news about school, what's going on with the, some of the schools and all that, I got a I feel that is the case. And because this priest was very popular, that's a possibility of why she was uh, kidnapped and murdered. We agree with you, George. Hey, Gemma, what was the name of the cemetery that Maskell buried those documents at? Holy Cross Cemetery? Yeah. Paul Ritchie Highway. You, you know it. Yes, I know it. Uh, like I said, I used to put burial vaults in the ground. I know it, just about every cemetery in Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and all over the state. Well, that's interesting. Shane? Yeah, that, that was the reason I had asked. I know that you mentioned about putting those vaults in cemeteries. I take it you did put faults in Holy Cross. Yes. Do you ever remember, and I know we're working on, you know, 50 years of memory here, but do you ever remember running across Father Maskell there or Mr. Story, who no. was the groundskeeper? No. I okay. don't even remember that. I probably might have known the groundskeeper, but I don't remember his name or anything. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's possibly passed away by now. When we go into cemeteries, a lot of times we take, uh, from the form, take and talk to the foremans. They show us where the graves are to be at and stuff like that. Mm. So with Father Maskell, and I don't know how much of this you're aware of, we know for a fact that he had buried documents in the ground at Holy Cross Cemetery. And we've had people tell us that their loved ones seem to have been moved from one location to another. With your experience with those vaults, when you would go in to put a vault in, would there, do you think it would be possible for him to have a vault put in and not have a body oh, be put yeah. in? Yes, it's all it's possible. Okay. We used to take we used to take in uh, some of the cemeteries would take the backhoe and put the ground uh, vaults in the ground for us instead of us having to log the. Uh, tripod and chain fall you know, and everything to back to the, wherever the grave was. We just put a cable around the vault where a uh, hook uh, chains up 
inside the ball to the hooks that set the casket up from the bottom and put them in the ground. Yeah, I want to add something here because I'm not sure all the listeners understand what George is saying about the vaults. A vault is, it's made out of metal, correct, George? No. No, what's it made it's of? A, it, it's made of concrete. It okay. weighs about with the lid, with just the lid and the, bo- the, the exact box is about 2,500 pounds of uh, concrete. Right, and so not everybody uses a vault. Some people put right. a casket directly into the ground. Other that people... is if you here here was that was a long time ago. Back when I was doing it, the law was changing the cemeteries that you had to use at least a what they call a liner. In other words, that that's the cheapest other than wood that you could buy. Right. Because once you open up a grave, then you go next door to that grave and you open that one up, the wall there's a like a maybe about a three inch wall between one grave to another grave and sometimes if you had just a plain ordinary wooden box that would cause the wall to cave in correct they put a stop they put a stop to that now you have to use at least a concrete liner right okay the only only ones that still use that is the jewish cemeteries there's the ones that use uh, the wood now Mm -hmm. there there are several layers of uh, vaults. The liner, which has two holes in the bottom, then you go on up the line, depending on who the vault company is that you go to. And the farther up you go, there's what they call a copper line. It has right. copper on the inside. Right. And the casket, the bottom of the casket, fits into those two holes. It's like it holds it together. No, the no. casket sits on sits on what they call four hooks. Is what you use to put that vault down or liner down into the grave, and that casket sits up on top of those hooks, which is about inch and a half, two inches okay. uh, off the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lesson. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> When you weren't doing the the vault company, what other jobs did you have in the area around Baltimore? I used to put um, drive for a company called Dry Newell, which is no longer in effect. And that was basically, at that time, basically it. George, I you may have already said this, but how long did you live on Monumental? About two years. Okay, and where were you before that in Middle River? Mm, let's see. No, we lived in the city on uh, Patterson Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. And then after Monumental? I was living with an aunt then, so I can't remember the exact order of, uh, of where I lived at. It's not mm-hmm. exact, but I've mm-hmm. lived on uh, McHenry Street with my mother and her that time husband where'd you go to school i went to school uh right there on uh where was it at calvert street for the real kid for the uh, first grade i can't remember the name of the school but i also went to uh trench tillman on patterson park avenue when i was uh seven years old also went to robert pool junior high and elementary for high school i went to mervo where's that located that's over there by the old where the old stadium was. 
Okay, right. 33rd. We appreciate everything you've shared with us, George. Glad, like I said, I'd just like to know what's going, what happened with it, you know. Right. And hopefully that the family will get some closure on what happened and why.